Welcome to Rising Tide Startups, where we chat with startup founders just like you from all over the globe. Each episode, we bring you practical and actionable tips to help you escape the cubicle and begin your own startup journey. Make sure you take notes. Take it away, Kevin. This is Kevin Pruitt with another episode of Rising Tide Startups. And my guest today is Matt Blumberg. Matt, thanks for joining us on Rising Tide. Yeah, my pleasure, Kevin. Good to be here. Pat, I had a great little pre-chat here, but uh, I am anxious to for you to introduce yourself to our listeners. So if you and I met at like a networking event, how would you introduce yourself? Uh, how would I introduce myself? Well, uh, I um, would start with uh, my family. So um, I am married to uh, an awesome, wonderful woman named Marakita, which is extremely hard to pronounce and remember. Um, she is a CEO coach. Uh, so by the way, just, you know, uh, you know, tip for those at home, if you want to be a CEO, being married to a CEO coach is quite handy. Um, and I, we have three great kids who are teenagers. We have a 14, a 15 and a 16. Uh, and, um, I spend, uh, a lot of time with, uh, my family. Uh, I spent a lot of time coaching baseball and, uh, the five of us actually just started a nonprofit. Uh, which is really exciting, called the Million Meal Project, which is a whole different story. Mm. Um, but uh, but that's me. I live just outside New York City. I've spent my whole adult life in and around New York City. I'm from Southern California. Don't ask why. I'm that's culture shock, coast. brother. <laughs> culture shock. Uh, I miss California. Um, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's me. Man, thank you for uh, for taking the time. Just kind of lay a good foundation. But it's. You know, this is the the rising tide startups. Once we want to talk to founders, we want to talk to those who have kind of gone on the journey of starting something and 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 running it successfully. And to kind of set the stage and and kind of set the tone for those that might be sitting in the cube somewhere, going, "Wow, I, I got to break out of here. Some I got to do something. I've got some itch that I've got to scratch within me." But I'm just curious a little bit about just can you hit kind of the high notes about you know history? What led you to your current gig? Yeah, so my, I mean, my career is super quick. Uh, after college, I was a management consultant. I worked in venture capital for a couple of years, which was very helpful. Bain, McKinsey. Uh, uh, Mercer, which is now Oliver Wyman. Uh, and then General Atlantic, uh, which is now a private equity firm at the time was venture capital firm. Um, and then uh, I got the bug to be an operator and to be in tech. Uh, so I worked 95, 6, 7, 8, 9 at a company called Movie Phone, uh, which was a small cap uh, public company uh, in Manhattan that was uh, kind of interactive services media company. It was, it was. I always say it was the internet before the internet because mm-hmm. uh, it was touch tone telephone interactive service. I remember those, those uh, dial tones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and helped them uh, start uh, their internet business and, and built their internet business um, inside of, uh, of another company in the early days of, of dot-com. Um, started, then started a company in 99 called Return Path, which was an enterprise SaaS company in email marketing, mm-hmm. um, built and scaled that for 20 years and, um, survived the dot-com crash, survived all kinds of things. The dot-com crash, 9-11 Recession. financial yeah. crisis, wow. uh, and sold, uh, the company in 2019. Um, and, uh, then started Bolster in April of 2020. So, um, we were working on it pre-pandemic, but started it officially two weeks into the pandemic. Uh, and uh, Bolster is a marketplace, it's an online marketplace uh, for executive talent. So we exist to help founders and uh, growth stage 
CEOs, entrepreneurs um, find executives. And we help them find executives for a whole range of things uh, from a board member to full-time executive to a freelance executive, which could be for a project. It could be for a, a fractional executive role or an interim mm -hmm. role. Um, we help them find mentors and coaches. Um, and, you know, essentially our team had just spent, you know, 20 years scaling ourselves as we scale the business and helping other founders and entrepreneurs uh, scale by mentoring them, by, you know, answering their questions, um, sometimes formally, lots of times informally. Sure. And when we sat down to figure out what we wanted to do for our next act after we sold Return Path, we said, you know what, we want to productize that. We want to help, we want to create a business that is in business to help entrepreneurs scale more effectively. Um, and when you look at the talent landscape, uh, especially at the executive level, there are kind of two ways you find executive talent. Um, and we think there needs to be a, a third way and a better way. So one is you hire a headhunter and you mm -hmm. spend six figures and yeah. six months yeah. and you end up with a really expensive full-time person at the end of and it. And they're on the supply side, by the way. <laughs> they are. Um, the other, and so that has all kinds of problems with it. It doesn't really lend itself nicely to the startup environment, which is more right. agile and flexible and cheap. Um, yeah. The other way that people find talent is they email their friends or their investors or board and say, hey, who knows someone? I need help with such and such. And like that might or might not work. Uh, it's certainly not comprehensive. It doesn't lend itself to any diversity. Sure. Um, and, um, you know, we, we just said there's got to be a better way to do it. So that's what Bolster is. So I'm curious, like the eight of you are sitting around a table and saying, you know, hey, I did this all week long. Why don't we go make a living at this? I mean, is that, what was what was that conversation? Take us inside that little that little group chat that you oh, had it was, where you it arrived at that. wasn't quite that quick. It wasn't nearly that simple. <laughs> um, we uh, there were a lot of inputs into the uh, into the beginning of the business and um, uh and including from some of our founding investors, um, High Alpha, which is a, a venture studio that we've, we've known the principles of for 20 years. Mm -hmm. um, Silicon Valley Bank is one of our founding investors as well. Um, so there were lot, lots of different origins of the idea, but, but I would say the, you know, the, the notion that, um, uh, that we know startups need help and we know they need help with executive talent and you know, there's got to be a better way of, of connecting the two sides of it um, was was it was an organic process of getting there for sure. Um, what was not organic was we were committed to uh, a few principles. We were committed to working together. Mm -hmm. So all of us said, you know, the most important thing is team and working with people you trust. Um, so we were very committed to starting a business together. We were very committed to the value set that we had developed over the years at Return Path and, and extending that for ourselves. Um, and uh, we were very committed to not doing something in marketing technology because 20 or 25 years is a really long time to do the same right. kind of thing. Um, and we wanted to do something where, you know, we felt like we could, we could really blaze a new trail mm -hmm. Um, and build something that wasn't just like, oh yeah, well, let's do another email technology business that looks a lot like the other ones, but yeah. it is different. Slightly better, yeah. Yeah, we just, we wanted to do something that really took a big swing at a big problem space. So the thing that comes to mind when I, when I hear you kind of explain that, I mean, you know, this is this, I'm going to show my ignorance here. I mean, the first thing is like, this is not new. What is the hiring the, people is not new. Hiring yeah. people goes back a long I mean, way. Indeed, and monster, and you know, yeah. been been around a long time. So, 
tell me what is kind of the the USP of the idea that says this is our differentiator, you know, our elevator pitch, you know, that that to just set you apart from everyone else. Yeah, obviously, lots of job sites online mm-hmm. and lots of recruiting businesses over the yep. years. The thing that's different about us is we are only executive level. We are all executives, and we are executives for any use case. Mm. So you can find places that help you find fractional CFOs, mm-hmm. no problem. Um, we find all executives. Um, there are not a lot of places where you can go to get help finding board members and executives and freelancers. So the, that's sort of the the, the thing that's unique, and yeah. you know, it's it's online. So it is. Even though we help our clients, we are a managed marketplace. You can work self serve in our environment, and uh, it is um, you know I, I think in the in the in the long run, and even today in the, in a small way kind of better, faster, cheaper, and just different way of going about it. So it's, it's uh, you know, the proverbial, it's the Uber of, it's the Airbnb. Uber for executives, uh, Airbnb yeah. for executives. Yeah. yeah. Here's a quick word from our sponsor, Podbrand Media. As a business owner, new sales leads are essential. At Podbrand Media, we create a branded podcast for you to generate those leads by interviewing your best potential clients as subject matter experts. Not only creating great rapport, but also great content to share in your industry. Affordable and effective. Contact us today at podbrandmedia.com to learn more. So how do you vet either side? How do you, especially on the on the supply side, how do you vet you know, I, I can come in and tell you, I'm an executive. I want to be in your marketplace, uh, you know. Yeah, so we do, um, the, the first thousand people who joined, maybe 1,500 people who joined, we actually interviewed them. Um, and then we decided that wasn't going to scale. We knew that wasn't going to scale. <laughs> but we felt like that was important at the beginning. Uh, but, but that taught us a few things. Um, so uh, when we think about, um, you know, sort of vetting or signal, um, there are a couple of things that we do uh, up front. We do what I would call very cursory vetting. Mm-hmm. We don't do deep vetting, uh, but we will research you enough to know that you are who you say you are. You, in fact, have been at a senior enough level uh, yeah. for enough time to be in the marketplace. Uh, we do a light reputational check as well, uh, and we've bounced a couple of people who've, who've, you know, doesn't take much. You Google someone and like all sorts of horror stories. Right. Yeah. Um, so we do a little bit of that up front, long term. Um, the uh, I would say a couple different things. We are a marketplace, so ratings and reviews mm. uh, will matter. Um, we also have on member profiles on Bolster um, sort of a two-track system. Uh, there's badges and vouches. So if you are invited into Bolster by, say, a venture capital firm mm-hmm. or by a professional association, your profile carries that badge. So that's, you know, a little noise. It's kind of like the blue check signal. on Twitter yeah. or whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, and then uh, we also have a system of vouchers. So, uh, you know, my profile will have a badge saying that I've worked for Union Square Ventures companies over the years. My profile also has a vouch from Fred Wilson at Union Square mm-hmm. Ventures, where he's literally written something up about me. Yeah. Um, so that's another way that we think about it. But, you know, at the end of the day, no one is ever going to hire a senior executive without interviewing them and probably yeah, some that, references on them. Due diligence uh, on the on the due diligence. buyer side for sure. You know, if I think about the if I think about the my entire career working with other senior people, there are ten percent of people I've worked with that I would hire, no questions asked, to do anything. Mm-hmm. There are ten percent of people that I would 
never hire and never work with again to do anything. Yep. And with 80% of them, the answer is it depends. Uh, so it's, it's impossible to have a marketplace for talent where you say these people are good and these people are not good. Because for the vast majority of people, yes, I would love to work with them again. It depends what the job is. We're a pretty connected society too. So, I mean, if you are, if you're running a, a large enough firm, people are going to know who you are. I mean, yeah. it's hard to hide as the CEO of, you know, Amazon. It is. <laughs> or, or, or anything, you know, that has yeah. a bunch of zeros after it. But um, it's it's interesting that the, how did you guys decide between the eight of you that who becomes like the de facto leader? I mean, I was the CEO at the last company um, and- You, you got know, an extra, extra vote. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, you know, we, we um, uh, I'm not sure that was ever the, I'm not sure that was ever a, a big question, but we work really effectively together. We have a very kind of flat, non-hierarchical environment mm -hmm. um, throughout the whole company, not just, not just with the eight of us. Um, and um, uh, we, you know, we just, we have good, good back and forth. Uh, we challenge each other. I think pretty effectively, uh, and um, uh, yeah, I don't know that that was ever a big thing. So I've got I've got one more question, kind of about the the um, the um, the bolster model. Yeah. So, what do you see as like what's the ideal situation that a company would utilize the service? Is it we've looked in house, we've looked, you know, we've looked at our we've contacted all our quote Rolodex that we had, you know, and, and we're now, now we want to take the next step or is it, is it a first step? Actually, we, well? yeah, I mean, we've built bolster um, with the sort of unofficial motto of every search begins at bolster. Mm. So it's free to join as a member and it's free to search as a client. Um, and uh, you only pay us if you hire someone. We also have a really good collaboration engine on the platform. So you can come in as a CEO and instead of just emailing your board or investors and saying, hey, who knows a marketing person, you know, which leads to like this, this barrage of, oh, this person sent me a text and this person sent me a tweet and this person sent me a yes. link. Thing. So the platform itself has the ability for you at no cost to start um, a job, start a slate and have, you can invite collaborators to it. So it works like a Google Doc. Hmm. Uh, people can drop in LinkedIn profiles and it organizes everything for you in a slate. So without Bolster doing anything um, other than being a, a free platform, you can run a search on us. Um, if you're running a search on us, we can also suggest candidates to you. And if you hire one, you can pay us. Um, can I also search candidates on the, like, could I look and, and invite people to, to apply for my own job? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I told you I wasn't going to ask any more questions, but you asked, you said something now. I got to ask another question. Okay. So the idea, what is it on the honor system? I mean, how do you keep me from just going outside the system and or yeah, the, welcome, welcome to company? welcome to mark welcome to marketplaces, right? Uh, exactly. You know, how do you, how do you prevent someone from giving their Uber driver cash and having the guy cancel the ride? Yeah, you don't. Um, we have terms of service. We're pretty clear with our clients that when they set up a client account, it's it's in their face. Like you can't go around the marketplace, right? Um, obviously, we see the activity going on in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. We engage with clients as well. And you know, at the end of the day, um, you can't prevent you can't prevent people from doing everything. But yeah. uh, you know, we have pretty reasonable pricing. We're generally you know pretty cheap and fast. Um, we also for for our members, um, it, you know, it's still a little different if they're getting a full time job or a board gig, mm -hmm. uh, which is equity only or a W two. But um, any of our members that are getting um, 
you know, a, a 1099 from a client because they're doing fractional work or project work, we actually do the billing and the collection and the payment and okay. everything else on the platform. So yeah. we've, you know, we try to, Why? we try to have all sorts of reasons to be on the platform and not a lot of reasons to go off the platform. Is there yeah. slippage? I'm sure there's some slippage. Yeah. I, and, and I, I'm, I'm thinking if, if somebody's going to go around me anyway, I probably don't want them on the platform long-term, you know, anyway. So yeah. um, it's interesting. You, you have, you had, you know, what, 19, 20 year track record, you know, in, in one place. And then you, you know, suddenly shifted and now you, it's a completely different gig. I'm sure even size of, of organization and sure, people yeah. you relate to, we learn lessons along the way. I mean, I'm really curious, just kind of diving a little bit and kind of getting inside your psyche a little here. So what you said one day, I just decided that, you know what, I want to, I want to start my own thing. Do you, I'm, I'm curious, is there a, is there a genetic disposition to people that wake up one day and say, hey, in your opinion, is there a genetic disposition to say, hey, I, I really need to do this. I, matter of fact, I have to do this. It's a really good question, right? I mean, the, the nurture versus nature debate mm -hmm. is, is one that will never be resolved. <laughs> um, but I, I so let me start my answer by saying, I think there are two types of entrepreneurs. And I, I've blogged about this before. I think there are uh, what I would call serial entrepreneurs, and then what I would call operator entrepreneurs, mm. and that they're they're different. Um, I think for both of them, you know, there there are some underlying traits and proclivities that are that are probably genetic, but nurture gotta play a huge role in it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can learn lots of things in life. Um, and I, I think it may be a little different for the two types, like call it, you know, 60, 40 for one of them and 40, 60 for the other. <laughs> um, but, um, uh, you know, but I do think there's a, there's a genetic component to it. So, so let me talk about the two types for a second. So when I think serial entrepreneur, um, you know, that's the kind of person they generate an idea every minute. They probably have some level of, of ADHD. <laughs> they are easily distracted by shiny objects. Um, or, you know, as one of my co-founders, Nick says all the time, like, they're like a dog, like squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, they, as people, like they would rather generate one good idea and 99 bad ones than just generate the one good idea. They're always thinking about the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. They're excited about what could be, not what is. Um, they are probably more philosophical uh, mm. and probably a little more theoretical at times. Um, they're probably really fun at cocktail parties. And they'll say things like, oh, yeah, you know, I thought of selling books online before Jeff Bezos did, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know, so that's your serial entrepreneur. And I think some of that is, is, is hardwired. Um, you know, the kind of person that just sees possibility, they mm -hmm. see blue space, right? That's hardwired. Um, you know, can the other things be learned? Sure. Um, but flip over for a second to now the operator, right? So the person who, you know, starts the business, but wants to run it for 20 years, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, they care, they don't care about the idea. I mean, it's true, the idea is important, but they're happy to take someone else's idea mm. um, or be part of a team that has the idea. It's not just about the idea. It's about making something work. Um, you know, they would rather the flip, right? They would rather generate one idea and execute it well than yeah. generate a hundred ideas. They're problem solvers. They're people, people, um, you know, I, I like to say they may be less fun at cocktail parties, but you want them on your paintball team. <laughs> um, 
And so for that, you know, again, like there's a component of that that's that's hardwired, but a lot of that can be learned over the course of a, uh, you know, of a career in business for sure. So is the best version of a CEO a little bit of both? I don't know. I, I, I'm not judgmental about it. You know, in, in my career, I, I, I'm more of the operator type for sure. Although, um, you know, the, the longer my career goes, the more ideas I generate. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yeah, I think, I think a lot of people are, are, um, have some of both in them, but I don't know that one is better than the other. I mean, you know, but it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. If you look at the, if you look at the great companies, some of them were run for a long time by their founders and some weren't. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, so I, I don't think you can say one or the other. I, I, it's interesting as you were describing those, I mean, the, the one key characteristic that seemed to, you know, fit one that didn't fit the, that necessarily fit the other is longevity. You sure. Know, it's like, yeah. you know, I, I, like an operator, I'm, I'm going to stick with this because I really want to see it through. And, a, and, a, and, a, you know, the serials are more like the, I'm the initial creator. I'm yeah. the idea generator. I want to get it started and launched. I am not the one to kind of make sure the, the belt keeps running on the assembly line. Oh, and then, I mean, the, the trick is if that's you to know that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And to like, to not force yourself to be the operator, right? Cause you're miserable. People around you are miserable. Um, and they are different types for sure. So if you're looking at, I mean, you said you've written about this and kind of thought about this for a while. So if yeah. you are, if you've identified yourself as one or the other, is there something that uniquely you would advise someone to be looking for? Like a, what is the, what is the landing spot look like for these two types? Uh, I'm not sure. I under, I'm not, I'm not sure. I understand the question. Like, like if, if I'm sitting in my cube yeah. and I'm like, Man, oh, or like, just, like, what am I? What next? Right. Yeah. I, what am so I? I, I think I'm yeah. serial versus yeah. operator, you know? So if I'm that, then what do I need to be, you know, what would be some possibilities, you know, think, think a futuristic for me a little bit. Yeah. I mean, if you are, um, if you are an idea factory, you, you are more likely to be the guy that starts the company. Um, then scales it for a mm -hmm. whole bunch of years. Doesn't mean you can't be, but like you're if if you're sitting down there and all you can do is see like oh you know there there's an unmet need in society and there's an unmet need and I want to go do that and why can't that be different? Like you're more likely to be the um, the the serial type. And um, you know I think uh, you know if, if we label me as the operator type, I think the you know if you just think about it, sort of like oh was there a moment where I realized that's what I wanted to do. Um, I think for me, and I probably had a bunch of those, but, but for me, one was, um, you know, I was sitting in my cube, as, as you said, at, at the job that I had before I started return path at movie phone. And I was just sitting there thinking like, man, you know, there's, I think there's a better way to do some of this stuff. Like I'd rather be running the company than running the team. Mm. Um, and there's no, no knock on the guys that ran movie phone. They were brilliant, good friends right. of mine, built a great business, but, um, you know, the, the, it, it was more of a spark for me of like, I want to run something and build something. than I knew the thing that I wanted to go do, hmm. uh, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it is, uh, it's interesting. The, just the thinking about that, you know, thinking about, you know, how people are wired and, and where they would thrive best, you know, yeah. as, as a landing spot or, or as a, you know, step on the journey. But 
I, I'm curious. Um, we, by the way, we are living in the golden age of entrepreneurship. Oh, absolutely. Right? And you are absolutely you know, right. it has never been easier or cheaper to start a business. There have never been more resources available to entrepreneurs. The number of studios and accelerators, mm. and, I mean, it's just off the charts. Yep. So, um, I have a good friend of mine named Josh Bear who runs an organization called Capital Factory, which is sort of the like the hub of all startup activity in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh used to say, maybe still does, my job is to get other people to quit their jobs. <laughs> that is, that is there true. are a lot of people out there that feel like that. Like the yeah. more resources out there for people to start um, and be successful at starting businesses, the easier it is to take that leap. I Before I kind of dive into our kind of our coaching corner, our mentor moment here that yeah. and really pick your brain, but do you, is, in your experience, do you think that VCs, angel investors are, are they more comfortable with operators? Are they more comfortable with, with uh, serial entrepreneurs? I don't think there's an answer to that question. I, you know, I think, uh, I mean, if, if there's a correlation across the whole data set, it has to do with stage. Mm. Yeah, uh, that, right? so the, the people that are doing pre-seed funding are probably more comfortable with the idea a minute. Yeah, <laughs> private equity guys that are doing growth stage deals absolutely nothing to do with those people so no doubt about uh, it but you yeah, know if you're if you're a garden variety like you invest in series a for companies uh you're you're used to both yep yeah i i love that distinction and and it that was kind of in my mind as i asked that question but the uh so let's let's just shift a little bit here so you know you've had a i i long track record, actually, as a, as a founder, long track record as, as leading an organization. So give me one or two just really great nuggets as we kind of wrap up today that you think are, would be very germane to somebody. It doesn't matter what they're starting, you know, just one or two basic foundational principles that you wish you would have known much earlier in the journey that, that would help them out. Um, yeah. So the, the, I'll give you a couple of the, um, I've written a few books. The first book I wrote was called Startup CEO. Mm-hmm. And it's the book that I say, I wish someone had handed me when I started my company. Like it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a manual for the first time CEO. And there's a whole section in it on self-management. And that's the area that I just didn't know anything about and didn't think about when I started yeah. uh, my first company that I wish I had. Because, uh, you know, whether it's, Hey, you need to surround yourself with support systems. Like you need a coach and a mentor and a great executive assistant. And, uh, you know, like you have to have support systems. Um, you have to take care of yourself. Mm. Um, you know, you have to be generally well-rested, well-fed, uh, exercise, yeah. have to have time Healthy. for friends and family and hobbies. Like the, the Stephen Covey sharp and the saw stuff is mm-hmm. real. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you don't have to do everything every day, but like self-man, like taking care of yourself and making sure you are giving yourself the tools you need to succeed is just as important or more important than making sure your, your team has the tools that they need yeah. to succeed. So that's, that's one thing that I think um, that I wish I had known at the beginning. Um, and, I, you know, I, I, if, I, if I can parallel along with the, the three books, the second book, which is Startup CXO, um, I think the, the thing I wish I had had confidence about from the beginning was that you can manage anyone. You don't just have to be able to do their job better than them or know what their job is. So 
you know, when you come up through an organization as like a functional manager or a department head, like I ran marketing and product management at MoviePhone, like I had kind of done all of the marketing and product management tasks, or at least most of them. Mm-hmm. So like I knew how to direct people and manage people and prioritize, you know, and then you become a CEO and you're like, well, well, shoot, I've never written code or I've never, you know, entered something in a GL before, uh, or I've never carried a bag and sold something like, how can I possibly judge those people, prioritize for those people, vet them. And the, the answer is you can't, you just like, you just develop those instincts over time. You have to have the confidence to do that. Um, and then I would say the third thing, and I, I'll, I'll go to my, my third book, which is called Startup Boards. The, the thing that I really wish I had known at the beginning was your board is not a tax. Your board is not <laughs> necessary evil. It only is if you make it. Yep. Um, your board should be, if you put the energy and time into it, one of your top three strategic assets. Hmm. But it, wow. it, it takes that mindset and mm-hmm. it takes some elbow grease. And the right people in the, in and, the seats well, on the bus. But that's also about how you build the board. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And I, uh, I so appreciate you taking time today and just sharing your, your story and, and actually just sharing the insights. And um, one thing you didn't mention that you also have a blog. So give me the, the blog do, address is, on that. Uh, startup CEO, the same as my book, startupceo.com. Startupceo.com. And uh, yeah, that's a, it's a very interesting blog. I mean, I was looking at it earlier today and I encourage our listeners to to uh, take a peek at that. But well, thanks, that is there, just wrap us up today. Is there anything that uh, just short, quick thought that you think would be helpful or that I haven't asked you about and then just tell people where the best place to find you online? Uh, well, that one's, I'm about the easiest person in the world to find online. Uh, so uh, uh, Matt at bolster.com. If someone wants to email me directly, you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Matt Lumberg on Twitter. Um, I sort of go in and out of using Twitter a lot. <laughs> um, but, you know, sort of final thought or, or kind of mentor moment is, um, uh, I would say it's just never stop learning, never stop mm-hmm. being open to new ideas. And, uh, you know, the deeper into my career I get, the more I realize how little I actually know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a that is a great reminder. And, and uh, I, it's kind of like, we we're, we become teenagers over and over again. We think we know, and when we find out how little we do, you know, yeah. once we once we hit parenthood. But Matt, thank you again for uh, just taking the time today. It's been a great great chat, and uh, really enjoyed just hearing your story and and just just connecting with you over this this digital platform. But uh, and just once again, thank you for just playing your part and helping all boats rise in a rising tide. And have a great weekend. Thanks, Kevin. Great, uh, great conversation. Really interesting format and questions. I appreciate it. Thanks. We hope you heard some great takeaways. Make sure you follow up with our guests today and show them the support they deserve. As always, thank you for listening and playing your part in helping all boats rise in a rising tide.